Everybody, I'm Dan Kurtzke. And I'm Chad Bokelman. And this is the Lantern Cast. Uh, announcement in uh, Con Talk. So, special little episode here. Not too long, I guess. Yeah, well, we'll see about that. Yeah, we'll see how that shapes up. Um, but while we're waiting on Jim to make an appearance, I guess uh, Dan and I can talk a couple things. So, let me throw out a random pop topic thing just real quick. Oh, God. Are we- is that is that term really catching on? <laughs> Pop topic? Yeah. I, I guess. Ah, uh, Jesus. The um, Justice League movie. I figured out how that they could do something I've wanted them to do for since I became a fan of DC Comics, and, and how they could um, fix the problem of having multiple renditions of the characters in the. Uh, movies at the same time essentially or in in a time period in which the public still sees a certain person as Superman or as Batman as in like so they wouldn't have to use necessarily get the same actor for both movie kind of thing right Uh, unless uh, unless of course they want to spin off Justice League into its own solo series using those characters and retain those actors very simple at the very end of the Justice League movie, as the camera slowly pans away, cut to credits. After the credits, cut back in, continue the pan out, continue the pan out to where you see it's all on a, on a screen, continue the pan out to where you get a cluster of screens, and then on one screen is the Christopher Superman, on one screen is the Christopher Nolan Batman uh, one screen is, you know, you can even have fun with it and you can put a, uh, clips from that, uh, crappy Justice League, uh, TV special or whatever the heck it was. Oh God. You know, you, and just keep panning out and see it on a cluster of screens. And I'm sure if you're a DC fan, you know where I'm going with this. Yeah. Pan out further to where you see, uh, you never see his face, but you see a guy sitting in a chair standing next to him is a woman in dressed in blue with blonde hair and they never need say a thing. Nothing, no word needs to be spoken, then fade to black. And you interver- introduce the concept of the multiverse right then and there. Hmm. That's all you'd have to do. And, and someone says Crisis on Infinite Earths is too big. Yes, yes, Crisis on Infinite Earths is too big for a movie. However, the Marvel Universe just introduced basically one of their biggest ads ever in the movie. Thanos. So, don't tell me you can't do the monitor and anti-monitor stuff. And, as well as, did you guys see the uh, Crisis on Two Earths animated movie? You don't have to go, like, complete Crisis on Infinite Earths, every character ever on this big screen. You can just do a good movie adaptation of it using two universes, three universes, something like that. I think... I think it could work if they incorporate it into the story somehow, like something subtle, like, like, 
let's say every so often there's a scene where Batman is doing something kind of suspicious. And then, like, every time when somebody calls him on it, he has no idea what they're talking about. And it ends up being, like, like the Batman of another Earth or whatever. And, like, the, the lead into the cliffhanger is, like, where the hell did he come from? And then it gives you your pan out to suggest the multiverse or something. I mean, I, I still... It's, it's like the crisis thing. I, I still think it's... Uh, I, don't, I don't want to say it's too big. Because, like, you make a good point with the whole Thanos thing. Because, frankly, the Thanos reveal means absolutely nothing to anyone who's not us. Uh, so it's not like we have to... We can use the argument of, like, well, no, the general, general audience won't get it because they didn't get the Thanos thing. It's, it doesn't matter. I... I don't know. It's a weird one. I feel like I feel like no matter what, it'll get split into thirds. Like there's the comic audience who would be like, "Whoa!" There would be the the film nerd audience who think like that's like the most randomly meta moment they've ever seen in a superhero movie. And then there would be the re- everyone else who's like, well, "What the fuck was that?" <laughs> that's exactly what happened with Avengers, though. But yeah. Avengers succeeded on its own merits as a movie. That's all you'd have to do. Yeah. So, well, I mean... Would you, would you want... <laughs> yeah. I think Alpha's calling it. <laughs> would you want to see... Well, I mean, the thing with the Thanos reveal is Thanos is going to be kind of the centerpiece villain to the next wave of Marvel movies. Would you want to do a multiverse movie coming off of this? Or would this just be a cliffhanger for the sake of it? It, you know, you don't necessarily have to follow up on it. You can, and you can even buy time. Of course, granted, this might make things a little, um, oh, um, boring in the terms of after the credit scenes for these single movies. But if they really want to start Balls to the Wall Justice League movie and spin it out into individuals, do the scene I just said at the end of the Justice League movie, and then treat the individual movies after the scene's credits almost like um, the uh, monitor appearances in the DC comics leading up into the actual Crisis event itself, you know, have the monitor or some or Lila you know watching uh that particular character. So not only do you have it as an after the scene credits in some fashion after Justice League but also after this credit scene credit scene in um Superman, Batman, Flash, Green Lantern. I think those are the only four right now that might actually support their own movie, probably Wonder Woman, but having five individual movies like that that seems like a bit much, so I'm just going to get rid of the least likely one, I'm thinking Wonder Woman. Yeah. Um, it would give them the unique opportunity to kind of have their cake and eat it, too, kind of thing, where they could... But if you, if you do it in... I'm sorry. If you, if, if you do it at the end of each of the, the first spinoff movies, that gives you not just one movie, but, like, six movies to get the right story to make the Monitor thing make sense. 
Yeah. Well, plus, even if you didn't, like, like if they really wanted to play this up, like, they could, you could have, like, the individual movies, and be, they could each be self-contained completely. And then the Justice League movie, or whatever you want to call it, could be, like, like, if you're going to go with, like, the monitor or stopping the anti-monitor or whatever, like, the, the pan-universal kind of story, you could bring together those characters. Or even if it's, it could be the same versions of them or different actors or whatever, and it wouldn't even matter because, like, they were self-contained to begin with. And that's kind of the point of the story. It's like, hey, I don't know who you are, but you're not trying to kill me like that guy, so let's team up. Right. And in, in, you said anti-monitor. Yeah, you obviously monitor, you could always go anti-monitor. However... It doesn't have to be. A monitor can see, could have seen a threat different from that that doesn't really uh, necessarily have to do with multiverse. Or maybe he's, uh, maybe you throw in the multiverse concept as he can see all universes. He's noticing something in particular universe that needs addressing that the heroes themselves have no idea is coming. Some big overarching story, and you can do what you want with that. And maybe at the end of that Justice League team up movie involving the monitor and lila and all the stuff that they've been doing at the end of the credits maybe at the end of that movie the after the scene credits could be anti-monitor yeah or hell the monitor started out selling high-powered weapons to people so i it's it's not a stretch to say like we could come up with a way for the good guys to band together to fight the monitor you know yeah or hell maybe yeah. he he does something purposely to draw them out and make them team up so that they'll be fortified and ready for the real bad guy kind of thing like yeah and but just in mind i see this perfect after the credit scene just with where not a word needs to be said but it fixes everyone at least fanboy wise bitching about there being multiple renditions of the same character on the screen in the public's eye where all you got to do is just pan out show a Big bank of monitors. So, so show a guy sitting in a chair with a woman dressed in blue and blonde hair, a blue outfit with blonde hair standing next to him. And in my mind, the scene actually ends as you pan further out and see that it's a satellite just floating in space and then black, fade to black. I'll tell you one thing for damn sure. <clears throat> I, if nothing else, I want these after credit scenes to be something that do like get like a reaction because i mean i i don't know if you saw the wolverine movie uh origins yeah okay and like that had two different after the credit scenes both of them were i don't remember stupid they were so stupid like one of it one of them was deadpool's severed head going just to show like he's still alive oh my god Nobody liked him at all during the movie, so I don't know why anyone would care. And the other one was Wolverine sitting at a bar drinking. That, huh. that's that's it. That's it's like that's not worth the time it takes to sit through the credits to see it. You know, right. so like if you're gonna have an after the credit scene, it had better be something that like kind of like smacks you and makes you go what. <laughs> Like whether it's because it's weird or cool or something, like the like the standout thing about that that uh, Thanos reveal is the fact that nobody saw it coming, and the geeks who know what it means never thought they would ever see it on film before, and like that's what that's basically the equivalent to like the reaction we would get from what you're proposing. 
Not not to mention, I mean, I know that the Marvel Universe technically has this as well, but not to the extent that the DC Universe has it. When you say multiple iterations of the same character, that's the multiverse. DC Comics has an in-company reason for there to be multiple iterations of it. Why not convert to screen? Hell, they could have a whole, like, like crime syndicate movie or something. Or hell, if you want to, like, a good reason for the Justice League to come together, how about, like, all these heroes are just individuals, they don't, they're not a team yet, but now here's the evil versions that show up who are already a well-oiled fighting unit, so now they have to become a team. And then that could lead to, like, the reveal of, like, oh, it's not just two worlds, and whether, whatever yeah. they do with that, you know. I'm just saying, if Marvel's not afraid to go Thanos, DC shouldn't be afraid to go multiverse. And it doesn't necessarily mean you have to revert strictly to Crisis. I mean, yes, as much as I'd like to see an adaptation that is page-to-page, panel-to-panel faithful of Crisis on Infinite Earths, it's not going (laughs) to happen. At least they wouldn't. They would need to hire Peter Jackson and Adam Murdo because they would need. (laughs) <laughs> this would have to be like a Lord of the Rings trilogy kind of thing, kind of project. I just want to see. I mean, if I'm going to see something Crisis on Infinite Earths related to a um, uh, on a, on either uh, on a screen in some way, I want to see a DC animated movie adaptation of it. I, I want. I mean, yes, Crisis on Two Earths was cool, but. Crisis on Infinite Earths in, in animated movie form would be so cool, and I want to see that before I die. Because also, uh, not for those of you listening, uh, the uh, first part of the uh, Dark Knight Returns uh, animated movie came out, and that is amazing. Yes, and that raises an interesting point, because <clears throat> I think in the past I've shot down the idea of a Crisis on Infinite Earths animated yep. movie, because you could never make it work with, like, the 70 minutes that they tend to, like, to hover around. Mm. But now, all of a sudden, it's showing that if it's the right story, they're willing to do multiple parts. So, yep. I, while I think it would still be an insane undertaking, I, I, I would be more willing to see what they do now. Now they wouldn't have to, to chop it down as much. Well, it looks like we got a good stretch out of that topic. But, yeah, that's just something I thought I'd bring up because every time I'd bring up the idea of some sort of animated or live-action interpretation of Crisis kind of gets shot down as kind of impossible uh, and and highly unlikely. But I mean, the scope of it, just as an idea, is huge, you know? Yeah. But then okay. I, rem- I remember growing up my entire life, everybody telling me that they could never make a uh, superhero team movie work. And That's here true. we are. That's true. And I bought uh, the uh, pack of Blu-ray 3D, Blu-ray, DVD, um, edible uh, disc, copy and, and soundtrack. <laughs> I got that for like 20 bucks the other day. It's awesome. Where? So... Like Amazon or something? or? Uh, well, I had a, a, a rewards coupon at Best Buy. Um, oh. so I got some, some money off, plus it was already on sale a little bit, so it was a cool thing. I know somebody works there and everything, so it was, it was a good deal. 
So it's uh, one of only two things I bought before I head out to New York Comic Con. Yes. Hey, did you hear that? I <laughs> thought I just Comic-Con. heard a, I thought I just heard a Segway drive by. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank God Jim's not here <laughs> for now, <laughs> since he thrives on terrible segways. I think somewhere he just felt himself get stronger. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyways, speaking <clears throat> of New York Comic Con, we are, as of this particular moment in this particular recording, we are seven days out from Thursday night uh, New York Comic Con. Um. You know, that's preview night for the most part. I'm not going to that particular night, but that's when it officially starts. Um, so huzzah, hooray. It's going to be awesome. Uh, I will be there. Uh, Dan will be there. Jim says he will be there for at least one day. Friday, I believe. Uh-huh. And uh, I am really looking forward to it. Um Jacob Javits Center, uh, New York City. If you are able to go have tickets, uh, we'll be there. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say um, the best way to contact us if you want to reach out to the Lantern cast and see if we're there and what you want to run into us. I have Twitter on my phone, and it's connected to both my personal account and the Lantern cast account, and I'll be checking it uh, as often as I can or remember to. So, um, you know, tweet us at LanternCast, and we will make an effort, if we can, to to find you, respond to you, see if we can uh, meet up with you. Um, if you're not following us on Twitter, you should be, because uh, uh, lately I have been posting a lot of stuff over there, as well as exclusive episodes are going up there as well. So you, it, it's definitely the time to, to hit up Twitter. Now I will warn you because this is your this is your first big big convention, right? Yes, big big big. I've been to Austin Comic Con, which is you know fairly regular, large, but this is I the think, first big 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 one. Yeah, I think you told me once that that Austin Comic Con is like three times the size of Super Show or something like that. Uh, now that I'm thinking about, it, it's about five or six times the size of Super Show. Okay, so big, but no, it's basically like the lobby of new york comic-con okay yeah now just so you know you're in like in the convention center cell phones are going to be basically useful as timepieces and and the occasional communication just because like there's going to be like a billion people in there all with phones so things are going to take a long time to, to get through but it's the only method we have short of saying, here's our cell phone numbers, try and call us, which also runs into the same problem. Um, but, you know, let's give them your cell phone number anyway. Hang on, I have it right here. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> but I, I thought you loved our fans. Come on. I, I do, but uh, <laughs> I already still get calls from whoever had my number last, uh, so that's a pain in the butt. Um <laughs> But yeah, at LanternCast, you know, if we're able to, we'll hit you up. You know, and, and chances are the most most of the people who would hit us up are people who are going to be there more than one day anyway. So once we get to the hotel that night, we can see who tweeted us and say and tweet you back and say, hey, uh, we'll be there or Dan will be there this day. I'll be there this day. You know, you know run into us. And we'll we'll make, make it a point to be at such and such a spot or so-and-so's table around such and such a time. You know, that kind of a thing. I want to meet Edgar this time. 
He's he's apparently yeah. been at every convention I've ever been to, and I've never met him. And speaking of meeting people, um, there is uh, a good amount of people I, I I've got the uh, that I want to meet while I'm at Comic Con or get people to sign stuff. I got the list of um, uh, spotlight comic specific guests on here, um, starting with, and I just talked to Dan with about this earlier carmine infantino will be there which uh if for those of you not up on your classic uh um dc that is the guy who created silver age flash um the look of him at least um yeah uh, and if and as we covered in the uh alan scott spotlight a little while ago flash was their their trial ground for the sci-fi silver age version of everybody so if it wasn't for the work that this guy put in on the Barry Allen Flash, so much of what we now have and rely on for great Green Lantern stuff might not have gotten the chance. So if nothing else, go and talk to this guy for five minutes or just pass by and say, you know what, thank you for what you've done. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I believe the first appearance of uh, Silver Age Flash was showcase number four. Uh, I think so, something like that. And guys, in, just in relation, uh, the first appearance of Silver Age Green Lantern, as you should know, is Showcase 22. So there's a lot of space between number four and 22. So definitely, as Dan said, uh, Silver Age Flash was the trial run. Uh, and they waited to see how it sold and how people reacted before they went and did the same thing to Green Lantern. So absolutely. Uh, and then uh, Ethan Van Skyver. Jeff Johns, Yvonne Haste, uh, Jim Lee, um, who else? Neil Adams, the uh, guy who did the art for the Green Lantern, Green Arrow series, uh, specifically. Um, just throwing that, he did a lot of stuff. <laughs> but but uh, Green, Lantern, Green Lantern, Green Arrow specifically, um, as well. Mark Kirkham, the guy, Kirkman, who did the uh, Walking, who does the Walking Dead. Uh, Shane Davis, Tony Moore, Tony Daniel will be there. Um, let's see, I'm just trying to list off the people that we would know and uh, that I personally want to see. Cully um, Hamner, the artist, the main artist on Green Lantern Mosaic. Um, Nia Rafino is going to be there. She has an artist alley booth. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I'm definitely, I absolutely want to make a point to get over there and just, like, talk to her for a couple minutes. Like, I want to get her on the show at some point, but just, like, I just want her to to hear how much we appreciate what she does. Because, like, this, let's be honest here, this is an industry where, like, so much of the ta- the credit gets put on, like, the artist or the writer and occasionally the inker, and you don't hear about, like, the colorist very much right. when, when they're even credited. Uh, Cliff Chang will be there. <laughs> um... <laughs> Dave Johnson, the guy who did Superman Red Sun. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sure he'll he'll thank you for your glowing review yeah. back on that Elseworld. <laughs> uh, a guy who's quickly becoming one of my favorite artists just because of the way in which he draws. Uh, he does panel page layouts uh, and the way he depicts speed and stuff. Francis Manipal, he will yeah, be oh, there. I guess. Uh, George Perez will be there. Uh, speaking of... Uh, uh, Crisis on Two Earths. Amanda Crisis on Two Earths. I mean, yep. Um, let's see. Uh, just from those of you who listen to Lanterncast, who also listen to CGS, uh, uh, Jamal Eigel and J.K. Woodward will be there. 
Um, Mike Norton. Yep. Uh, Joe Prado, who is one of the team on uh, Aquaman. Joe Staten will be there. Uh, that's another classic comics guy. Definitely check him out. Um, I can't. Drew, I can't... Like... Go ahead. Uh, the uh, Comic Con website uh, quote uh, credits him as uh, to, to Dick Tracy, uh, although I know that name from somewhere else as well. So definitely check out and say hey to Joe Staten. He was drawing the book back when it was um, <clears throat> it, the main book changed to Green Lantern Corps. And they were all living uh, on Earth in that big house. That's where I know from. Yeah, absolutely. Um, who else? Uh, I know this is probably boring to a lot of you out there, but just right. trying to get through this. Um, Walt Simonson will be there. Chris Giarusso is going to be there. He's a might of a mini Marvel guy. Um, Brian Jail Glass. Yes. Um, Adam and Comfort. Adam and Comfort. <laughs> oh God, yeah, I gotta swing by their table. Yes. Oh, I got I gotta get a commission from them. Yeah. Yes, you do. Do they have a list, or or do they are they taking like requests at the con? You know, I mean, you it's know, a big I, con. It is. I honestly don't know. I haven't looked. I haven't planned on getting any artwork this time around so i really didn't even look uh i know usually like they'll take like a commission list for uh, i guess they would have had a commission list going in i'm not sure if it's too late or if they're gonna leave themselves space or whatever but i'll ask comfort on facebook um katie cook will be there uh i'm gonna definitely get the second volume <laughs> of gronk i've already got the first one gotta get the second Yes, one a couple of uh, um, little cards from her because you can't not get one of those. Yes. In fact, if you want to find Jim, go to Katie Cook's table and just wait. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, who else? Uh, that's all I can. Uh, there are some cancellations. Oh, that's no. Uh, that sucks. What? What? Uh, I. Uh, out of the cancellations, the only one I recognize is Lynn Ween. Lynn Ween canceled. <laughs> I wanted to meet him for sure. Um, and a couple other things, just not comic related. Uh, well, kind of comic related. Entertainment guests, the entire cast of Walking Dead, will be at the convention. Um, I gotta get it. I gotta try and get a picture with uh, the guy who plays Rick. Um, Sean Austin, uh, Samwise from Lord of the Rings, will be there. Adam West, Batman, uh, he was he's going to be there. Um, Bert, Bert Ward is too, I think. Yeah, Bert Ward, uh, Carrie Fisher, Leia from Star Wars, she'll be there. Uh, oh, oh I just remember Lloyd from Back to the Future, one point twenty one gigawatts. <laughs> uh, also. An old friend of the show, Phil Lamar, is going to be there all three days. Yep, I'm going to make sure to swing by his booth. D. Snyder from Twisted Sister is going to be there. Because uh, <laughs> why not? <laughs> yep, uh, he's been mentioned once on the show in the past. I'm a historian. I just happen to know that thing. Um, <laughs> Kevin Bacon. Well, now we can connect him to everything in D.C. Kevin Bacon is going to be there, apparently. Uh, whatever. Oh, and speaking of Kevin's, Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, is going to be there. Nice. Uh, that's going to be awesome. Um, and who else? Like, 
Uh, Roscoe Orman from Sesame Street. Elmo. Speaking of Sesame Street, Elmo will be there too. Yeah, uh, I was I was looking down uh, the list and it just credits him as Elmo and <laughs> just a picture of Elmo. I'm like, huh. <laughs> that's that's interesting. <laughs> uh, Tom Felton from Harry Potter. That was um, who was that guy? Um, God, what's his name? The 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 brat, the uh, kid. Malfoy. Uh, yes, Malfoy. Okay. Malfoy will be there, and of course <laughs> Seth Green from oh, of lots course. of movies and Robot Chicken, and I think he lives there. And the, the only other one that I really wanted to mention. Uh, um, as far as literary guests, oh. my favorite writer of uh, all time, Anne Rice, whose birthday, coincidentally, it is either today or tomorrow. Uh, so happy birthday to Anne Rice. Uh, she, for those of you who don't know, wrote an interview with the vampire and, all, and the entire series of novels that followed. Um, uh, so if you've seen the movie Interview with the Vampire, that's... The, the work that's based on is her novel and all this stuff. And I actually bought, uh, what is it? Um, Barnes and Noble has these volumes of stuff now where they collect a lot of books into one big volume and they put it on a nice fancy cover on it and everything. Uh, mm-hmm. Interview the Vampire, The Vampire Lestat, and Queen of the Damned. All three of those books in one volume for like 20 bucks in hardcover. Wow. I bought that so I can have her sign it because I don't want to bring a whole bunch of crappy old paperbacks that I've been reading for years. Yeah. Although as a writer, this gotta be nice to see that like one of your books is like so well read that it's like falling apart. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, did Stan Lee pull out? Because I know he just recently had heart surgery, so I don't know if he was still going. I didn't even know he, he was announced in the first place because I never saw him. The only one I'm curious about and I never saw on the list, uh, Dan DiDio, is he going to be there? He should be. He's at all of these. I remember one year, Jim and I were walking <clears throat> through like the DC area, and like Dan DiDio, cleverly disguised by wearing a baseball cap, walked right by me. I'm like, hey, that was Dan DiDio. Jim's like, that wasn't Dan DiDio. Then we went to a panel, and there was Dan DiDio standing in front of us wearing the hat. I'm like, jerk, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> So this is my first time ever going to New York City. I've wanted to go for a long time. Uh, I'm sure you guys are sick of hearing it, but just for oh, those tell tell us again, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> grew yeah, up. I'm... Long story short, grew up wanting to be a journalist. So wanting that so badly built up New York City in my mind. And now I finally get to go. So uh, I got a three-day pass. However, I'm probably, definitely, most likely uh, skipping Saturday because I hear it's super packed. And I don't oh. think I'm ready for that much of, yeah. you know, tuna can tight of a room full of yeah. million. I, I, don't, I don't think I want that. So I'll be there Friday. I'll be there Sunday. Um and Saturday, I'll be out seeing the city. Uh, Dan's got a three-day pass as well. I'm sure you'll be probably be there Saturday. Yes. Well, like, Saturday, two years ago, was the reason I didn't go at all last year. So <laughs> I'm, like, I'm going to, I'm treating this whole, this whole weekend as very play it by ear, you know? Like, like on Saturday especially, I, like, I'll, I'll show up at, like, 12 or 1 or something, and I'll go in the con, and if it starts to piss me off, I'll just leave. Because who cares? I ha- I was there Friday and I'm going back Sunday, you know? 
Mm. That's the kind of like the thing I like because I've only ever gone to this show for one day before, mm. and now that I'm going to be there three days, like I it, I feel no pressure whatsoever to get anything done. So it's like okay, I'll just kind of drift and let the weekend happen, kind of thing. Yeah, it's interesting because I was going to ask you because I mean obviously the New York Comic Con is a excellent excuse for the timing of your trip to New York but it's definitely not like the main reason you're going kind of no. thing. So like, do you have like an itinerary for your, for your weekend kind of thing? Or is it just like, okay, Saturday's a free for all in the city. See what happens. Saturday's a free for all. I've got my friend, Amanda. She lived in Austin for a long time. Um, uh, again, I'm not, I don't want to get into it too much, uh, obviously about my personal life, but as far as, um, uh, I grew up uh, in a Christian family, Lutheran, and I. the only thing I do nowadays related to that is uh, go to a Bible study occasionally on Tuesday nights, and Amanda is a girl I know um, from that, but she moved away, uh, and she lives in, like, West Virginia or something now, but she heard I was going to New York City. She knows how much I've wanted to go, and when she heard I was going, she's like, you know, it's not that far from me. I, you know, I'll drive up there that weekend, too, and we can hang out, so she'll be there uh same time i will so we can meet up i haven't seen her in a good long while we can meet up and she can hang out with me for a little while so depending on what she's got going um there of course growing up here uh in austin texas now not just texas austin texas uh home of the the ut longhorns the university of texas longhorns uh the game the game is that saturday at a certain time and they've got uh, reservations at a uh, bar or restaurant or something to watch the game or they'll go back to their hotel and do it something like that so they want to make sure they all watch the game and you know depending on all of that uh, just around her schedule and then you know whenever i'm not with her i'll just be doing stuff i want to check out the uh, uh empire state building for sure yes uh the hotel i'll be staying at is uh, supposedly pretty close to the Flatiron district uh and i uh i've always uh not always but uh i've seen p- pictures of it for a little while and the more and more i see pictures of it i really like the Flatiron building for whatever reason just the way it looks really captivates me so i want to just check that out Oh, you know, it's a great looking building. Like it's, it's one of the like, it's on the same. It's on Twenty Third Street, which is the street my college was on. So I would like walk past that thing every day for a few years, and like I always wanted to just like go up to the top of it. But like I'm like, I don't even know what's down. I think it's like an office building or something. Uh, I want to. Uh, people tell me to stay away from Times <laughs> Square, but the only reason I want to go to Times oh. Square is because uh, I want to check out the uh, toy store there. Who's telling you to stay away from Times Square? That's someone who used to live out that way and said, if you're going to be around town Saturday of all times, you know. Well, yeah, it's going to be busy. It's it's New York City. It's going to be busy all the time. I mean, you should definitely avoid Times Square if you happen to be going there and it's the 80s. But Times Square is like, it's. Like, you can't go to New York City for the first time and not check out Times Square. There's so much cool stuff there. There's there's yeah. a store that sells nothing but Hershey chocolate. You have to go there. <laughs> um, I've, I'm still debating on whether or not I want to go see Ground Zero. I think I might end up going that way. Uh, just because, you know, that's such a pivotal point in, in my history growing up, you know, when people... You know, when you ask older folks, well, what do you remember? Well, I remember when Pearl Harbor, or I remember when 
you know, Kennedy was assassinated, you know, that kind of stuff. Well, you know, 9-11 was that to my generation. Uh, so I, I, I probably have just have to go. Um, and, uh, probably, uh, probably, I'm probably not going to go out to Ellis Island. Uh, I, I hear that's just, you know, I, I think I'll honestly just be fine just seeing it from, and just, you know, actually seeing it in person. Uh, it just yeah. seems like too much out of my day to go yeah. actually bother go to Ellis. You would probably, you would have to have a dedicated Statue of Liberty day. Cause like I went once with my mom and my aunt and, we got as high as like the foot, and we had to go turn around because we were exhausted. And like the lines and everything are huge, and it's cramped and it's hot. And, like it's, I mean, if if you have the time to devote to it, then you know that's one thing. But you have kind of like a packed weekend already. Yeah, and I'll probably check out the museum, uh, the mm-hmm. Museum of Natural History. Uh, and, you know, probably wander around Central Park. But uh, just as far as things I want to see and do, that's probably about it. The rest of it, you know, play it by ear. Whatever happens, happens. You know, walking around the streets and seeing, oh, shit, I forgot all about this. I'll check this out. You know, that yeah. kind of thing. Hey, guess what? What? I successfully added Jim without hanging up on us. Hooray! Holy crap! Yay! You know, when you think about the Statue of Liberty... It's a little bit cooler when you think of it in terms of, like, she's this metal statue. She has, like, a human bloodstream. What the fuck is wrong with you? you know, talking as about like, the, the lines of people up, being humans. Yeah, if you're, you know, as you oh. walk up the, uh, the stairs and everything like that, you're, like, the human bloodstream rushing through her body. I thought you meant, like, she had giant veins filled with human blood. That's, that's creepy. That's yeah. That's why I thought. All right. Hi, Jim. How's it going, guys? <laughs> oh, great. Anything anything, sig- anything significant happened to you in the last twenty-four hours? Because <laughs> uh, we did last... say we had an announcement, but we didn't say what. <laughs> uh, last twenty-four hours? I don't, I don't know. know when it happened. <laughs> Lauren gave birth. I am a father. <gasps> Are we sure it's yours? Um, positive. You sure? What's yeah. your mail? What's your mailman look like? <laughs> we, we have a mailwoman. Interesting. <laughs> Science has come a long way. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's it's amazing. Um, yeah, Lauren. Uh, what? What? Name, weight, length. Oh, yeah. James Jordan <laughs> Ford. Details. Extraneous details. <laughs> James Jordan Ford, he was 8.1 ounces, uh, 8.1 pounds. Um, he's uh, 21 inches long. Um, and, and apparently Lauren wants to go, like, natural. Um, and then every 18 hours, <laughs> where that really wasn't working out too well, uh, you know, they, you know, all of a sudden, the baby's heart rate seemed to, like, drop a little, so they're like, you know, oh, I think we're probably going to end up doing a C-section, and, you know, his heart rate kind of leveled off a little bit, but they're still like, you know what, probably play it safe, let's do the C-section, and, like, as soon as they made that decision, within a half hour, he was born. Um, so, I mean, like, that was, like, total chaos, and then all of a sudden, it's like, you know, okay, daddy, you want to come over and see see your son, and you know, I see him for the first 
time. And obviously, I'm going to be biased. Um, but, you know, like, saying from a completely neutral standpoint, he is the cutest baby in the entire universe. Oh, yeah, completely neutral. Yeah, yeah. completely neutral. No, I mean, like, we've, we've polled different people, um, and they you all agree. S- you sat down with Polaroids of every baby currently existing and compared them one at a time right next to your son's face, and like, nope, nope. Yeah. Nope. Who are these people you polled? Are they strangers? Because I highly doubt some asshole's going to be like, oh, my friend Jim just had a baby with his wife. Hey, what do you think of my baby? What do you think? Is, is this really actually be a completely objective? Is this the cutest baby ever? Who's going to sit there and say, nah, I've seen cuter? <laughs> Somebody's going to be like, I don't know. I saw a family of raccoons once, and the littlest one was really adorable. It was like a teddy bear that's alive and gives you diseases. No, actually, uh, we took them to a neutral spot, so they didn't know, like, who they were supposed to be picking, and they all just randomly just happened to pick my baby as the cutest out of all of them. Billions of babies. Cutest one. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Now, here here comes the main question, because I'm going to break it down and just be real serious here for a second. I have always thought I would be a hell of a dad, so... With that in mind and, you know, the kind of history I've had with girls and stuff like that, I've always wanted to know, what is it like to suddenly be a dad? It, honestly, it didn't, uh, you know, right off the bat. Because since it was a C-section and, like, it was just, it was, like, total chaos and, like, you know, I'm with Lauren behind this giant curtain. The baby's born. They cut the umbilical cord, and then they call me over so that I can see him get weighed and meet him and say hi. Um, and then, like, you know, within a minute, um, you know, they're, they're cleaning him up. They put him in, like, a little incubator. They rush me out to, like, a waiting area, and then they give him to me, and I'm, like, holding him. I got to hold him for, like, a half hour. Um and then they had to put her back in the nursery for a little bit. And I mean, it's just like, it's, you can't really describe the feeling. You can't really put into words. It's just like you're getting to know this little person that you helped create. So at that point, it, it really, it, it wasn't like, it didn't really sink in. Um, but now, now that it's been like a couple of days and, uh, you know, I'm going back and forth between, you know, here, home, and the, the hospital. Um, I mean, it's just like, it's 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 so incredible. Um, you know, when I when I have to leave the hospital at night, it's like I, I feel sad because I don't I don't want to leave him. I don't want to, you know, have to be away from him. And it's just like I'm thinking about how in like roughly slightly over a week's time, I'm gonna have to go back to work. And I'm just thinking about how, you know, how much that's going to suck so that, you know, that's like eight hours out of the day, you know, that I'm not going to be able to see him. Um, you know, so like stuff like that, um, you know, like I look at him and he's, he's so adorable. I mean, he's got, he's got like basically the best features from me and Lauren. He's so cute. Thank, thank God there's some Lauren mixed in there. Yeah. Um, 
you know, and then you just, you look at him and like, you know, and first I'm like wondering, it's like, I wonder what he's going to look like when he's five years old, you know? And then it's like, you know, you just, you're out driving and all of a sudden you see like a guy like walking on the sidewalk and you look at him and it's like, you know, this, this random thought passes through your head. It's like, like, what if in 30 years, like my son looks exactly like that and he's walking down this, this sidewalk and it's just like, you start to think about how like right now he's like this tiny little helpless baby, you know, that can fit, you know, right in your, your arms and be completely content, you know, and how he has like, this, this world of potential and possibilities set before him. Um, I mean, it's, it's like a, it's a huge concept. Um, and, and so special. And, and then <laughs> I had this funny thought about how, like the amount of like talking up super show that we do like how we just talk about how it's like you know it's the greatest con and we go and it's like super christmas and i'm just thinking to myself it's like well you know if time travel is at all possible in the future then i will have met my son already at one of the super shows because like you know like between the, the the two that you know well it was was it? Yeah, it was two that we were at that we uh, had the banner, right? Yes. So, like either one of those, you know, or possibly the next one, um, if time travel exists, he would almost certainly go back to you know visit and see us then, because you know for the the amount that we talk it up. So I, it's just like you know, it's it's crazy and. You know, you just you wonder what his personality is going to be like, um, and I don't know. It, it's 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 really just absolutely intense. Like I, you know, with, with with everything that I've done and created, knowing that nothing you know has ever come even remotely close to this, you know, and what's you know what's to come. Um, yeah, no, it's it's just it's amazing, and you know if you're the kind of person who thinks that you would be a great dad, then chances are it's because you want to do the kinds of things that you know would raise a great child and would make you a great dad. You know, like that's the kind of people that actually have a desire to be a parent. Mm. Um, you know, like, I, I think if you have that, then you are infinitely more prepared than somebody who never cared. Yeah, because it, it, part of part of the, the question, and it's kind of inherent in my mind, but maybe not in everyone else's, when you ask, you know, what's it like to suddenly be a dad? It Part of it is, what's it like to suddenly have the responsibility of being one half of what makes up who this new individual eventually becomes? You know, like the man you are today is because of the influences you had from your parents or family members or friends. But, you know, the man I am is a dependent on how I was raised by my mother and father. And, you know, if I had a different kind of dad or a different kind of mom or neither one of either, you know, that kind of thing, then what what would I have been like? You know, it, it's it's hard to discount who you are because it's not. So you are you are one half of what's uh, one half responsible for the man this sudden new life 
becomes. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, that's, you know, and that's almost like, you know, you have the concept of nature versus nurture. I mean, in this case, it's the combination, you know, because I, you know, provide half his genetics and I'm going to provide half of his upbringing. Uh-huh. So, yeah, so, I mean, it, it's 50% completely, you know, based on me and 50% based on Lauren. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. It's, you know, it's an amazing responsibility if you treat it as such. Do you feel more adult now? Like, all of a sudden, I'm a, I'm a dad. I got to step up. <laughs> I mean, not that you weren't before. I'm just, like, suddenly, like, oh, shit, <laughs> I can't screw up now. <laughs> You were really disappointing Chad before. <laughs> well, um, to, to, to some extent, yes, absolutely. Um, you know, because you, you have this, this feeling in your head that it's like, you know, it's like, you know, this is the most special person in, in the world now. And I have to make sure that, you know, they have every opportunity they can possibly get. Um, you know, and when you when you think of things like that, you know, it it, it does change your priorities. Um, you know, he is he is the most important thing now. Um, and I mean, I always knew that he would be. You know, like you, the, the past nine months, I've known that you know he was going to be the most important thing as soon as he arrived. Um, and I mean, you know, not to say that he wasn't important for the past nine months, but, you know, um, it, it's you know, once once he gets here, you know, once he's finally arrived, it's it does it does definitely change your priorities some. Yeah. So does that mean we can expect you for Friday at New York Comic Con? I was just about to ask. <laughs> Because it doesn't sound like you're going to be able to tear yourself away. You know, like, I, I'm probably going to go, um, just because, like, you know, I, I do want to see you guys, I do want to say hi, and I do want to see the convention, um, but... That said, I'm very glad that I just got the one day because there's absolutely no way that I could, you know, spend more than a day. Yeah. Um. And I'm sh- I'm absolutely sure that you know when I when I'm leaving and driving to the train station, you know, it's gonna be like it's like man, it's like I wish you know now I kind of wish that I wasn't going. But uh, no, I mean you know it, I I think that. You know, I. There's not enough time in the day to do everything that I wanted to do. Yeah. Well, we already promised people they would find you camped out at Katie Cook's table. So. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, there's a uh, there's a few people that I definitely want to say hi to. Yeah. We were going over the itinerary for New York Comic Con. Anybody in particular for yourself, since you just brought it up? Oh, um, just uh, Katie Cook's a definite. Uh, I'm actually getting something from Andrew Charapar. Is um, it of your baby? No. Oh. Um, not yet. I want him to, 
Warms a little, so he has a little more distinguishing features for that. Um, but yeah, there will be there will be baby baby drawings. Uh, <laughs> no, no, actually, the Andrew Charapar thing is uh, it's actually going to be for the website. But uh, I'm just I'm going to tease that a little, and I'm not going to say anything else about it until after the con. I think he means even to us because I have no idea what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah I haven't absolutely. heard anything about it. Yeah, no, no, it's a complete secret. Only yep. Andrew Charapar knows. Oh, this is going to be terrible, isn't it? <laughs> uh, definitely going to say hi to Daniel HDR. Um, he has this this print, which I know it, it made uh, it made the rounds on uh, Facebook and other social media recently. I think maybe even like Newsarama. He did this drawing of the um, was it the Justice League International or Justice League Europe cover, where you have all like the uh, the the Bwahaha Justice League standing around. The one where it's like that layered shot of them. Exactly. You know, yeah. they have their arms crossed and they're all just kind of standing around, you know, one on yeah. top of another. Oh, yeah. He did that cover only with Hanna-Barbera characters. Oh, nice. So, you know, you got, uh, was it, um... Yogi Bear and... No, no, like, like the actual, like, the humans, like, um... Oh, okay. it's a Captain Falcon. Um, I don't know if Dynamut is on the cover, but uh, he's got um, Space Ghost. I think yeah, Space Ghost is on there. Um, the the Herculoid characters, <laughs> Flintstones. Uh, Flintstones aren't on there. Yeah, um, I thought that was Santa Barbara. That is. Well, yeah, but it's it's more like the the superhero-y. Oh, okay. Bits, okay. You know that that kind of thing. Okay. Um, but no, it's it came out amazing. It's like it's so beautiful, and he only sells you know limited amount of print certain conventions. So he'll have that at this con. Nice. So remains. Jamie nice. Tindall will be there. I saw. Yeah, I saw the. Uh, oh my god! You know, I saw the prints that he had, and I think out of all the prints that he has available for sale on the website. Um, there was nothing that jumped out at me that I thought was amazing, but in the art books, like, and I think it was the second art book, there were a couple of, you know, sketches in there or drawings in there that looked amazing. And I'm just thinking to myself, it's like, oh man, well, I wish those were prints, but. <laughs> hey, speaking of prints, you know, that one big gatefold image of like the, that third army thing that has all the it's like the variant covers for each of the books that link up, where it's like yeah. the third army in the background, whatever. Yeah. Uh, booth Y9 is going to have that image as a print for sale. That's awesome. Yeah. Booth Y9? Yes. I'm going to get that. They have that, and they have a... Um, it's a print of a page from Aquaman number one. It's that shot where it first reveals him before he tosses that car where he's just standing there with his trident. Looks amazing. Oh, it's not the trip titch. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, uh, Reese, the, the art team responsible for uh, Aquaman, uh, for a while there they had uh, at conventions uh, exclusive trip titch where it was like um, the cover to Aquaman number one, but like with diagonal three slices, like the first one would be just the pencils. First part of the page would be just pencils. The second one part would be pencils and inks, and the third part would be pencils, inks, and colors, all on one 
print, and it was freaking awesome looking. Nice. And all three of them would sign it. it uh, if, <laughs> if there's a triptych there and it's not like ridiculously expensive, I definitely want to pick that up because I love that art. Did you guys talk about any of the exclusives or anything? No. No. Um, I mean, we've, we've talked about the the John Stewart and uh, Atrocitus before. Um, yeah, that's going to be at uh, the Graffiti Designs booth. Yes. Yep. Um, what you call it? Oh, and this is an, not, not an exclusive, but I, uh, I was reading today that apparently DC Comics has teamed up with Kia the car company to make uh i think it's like eight themed vehicles one for each member of the justice league that is awesome so, so there's yeah. gonna be a green lantern kia yes right well they're only as far as i can tell from the article that i read they're only there's like just gonna be like one of each and they're just gonna like you know bring them around to conventions and stuff and they're, they're New York Comic Con exclusives. <laughs> well, the first one is going to be Batman. Uh, they're making a Batmobile. Awesome. A Kia yeah, Batmobile. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, it'll be awesome to see. I, I can't wait to see what, you know, what they're going to do for... Well, I can't wait to see what they're going to do for Green Lantern. But I, I do for Batman is really, really going to set the bar. Because, like... Are they going to just do art on the car, like a like a custom paint job, or are they actually going to like modify the car so that like you know <laughs> you have like a spoiler that looks like a cape or something like that? Or if this doesn't have tail fins, I swear to God. I, I mean, like maybe on like the car you have like you know pointed ears or something. Yeah. Um, because I mean, like I could then I picture whatever they do for Green Lantern, like the uh, like coming off the is actually looks like a ring or something like that. That'd be yeah. cool. Um, what else? Uh, some of the exclusives. Um, the uh, the scale animals. You know those little um, plush toys. I saw the uh, that they're gonna do a dark uh, one for Dark Knight Batman. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, are they doing more than just the Batman one? There's a lot of scale animals, but as far as like exclusives, I think it's just the Batman one. Right. I mean, I've seen one of like the Flash out in like in the wild, like at a comic store. It's like they already have some DC ones. I'm going through yeah. all the exclusives right now, so. Yeah. Yeah, I breezed through that yesterday, and I nothing really caught my eye. Um, oh, on Saturday, uh, I'll give a shout-out, because I'm a big fan of his art. Uh, Ulysses Farinas. Um, he's uh, the one I'm sure that people have seen the Lego uh, Blackest Night scene. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's, he's done that. He's done a few other Lego... You know, I think he's done like a Lego Avengers, uh, and he's done like tons of other like non-Lego stuff where he just like piles characters into the scene. It's it's amazing. He did a variant cover or the the actual cover for 
Battle Beasts, I want to say. Uh, I think it's put out by Minimates. So if you go to the, the Diamond Select booth on Saturday, I think around 2, they're going to be handing out free posters of the comic cover that he did, and he'll be signing them. They're going to auction off? Oh, God. Is this, is this right? What? They're auctioning off Action Number 1 and Detective 27? Huh. Mm. Interesting. I guess it's a good place to do it. Yeah. <laughs> or it's just stop by to see and talk about this and other rarities on display at our booth. Booth 629. Who, who, huh. who's, who is it? It didn't say. The, that might be the, uh, the, was the Giuseppe Museum or something like that? Or... All I know is Chad's going to make his getaway in that Batman car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God. I don't hey, see any other exclusives that I like. Hey, on Friday, I don't know. I don't know if either of you care about this. There's going to be a Green Lantern Third Army panel. Yeah. Yeah, I don't necessarily like unless I'm really bored or really want to sit down. I don't really see myself going to it. I just wanted <laughs> to throw it out there. Yeah, you know, my thought. About all those kind of things are, uh, it's going to be online like within an hour. Yeah. Uh, so, do I really want to, you know, use up some of my time just sitting in the air and listening to what I can listen to later? The only reason I would possibly go to that is if I had a question that I really wanted to ask, you know, even if I knew they weren't going to answer it. Yeah. Just to let them know that there are people that have this question and are, you know, waiting for an answer or something like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I went to my first panel, actually with you, a couple of years ago in New York. And we, we, what, cut in line and cut, ran into that DC thing as they were closing the doors? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and, like, I, I came out of it thinking, like, oh, all right, I've done that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's fun. You know, people like to go to panels. People like to see the creators live. Um, so, I mean, for the, for those people, yeah, it's it's great. It's just that, I mean, especially for me, I am going to have extremely, you know, limited time. Yeah. So, you know, when I'm prioritizing, that's not a priority. Yeah. I mean, there are a couple that are completely unrelated to anything we ever talk about that I... That kind of interests me. But even then, it's like, uh, maybe I will, maybe I won't. Because, yeah. like, there's there's one that's, like... <clears throat> like, there's a Ninja Turtles panel Friday night. And there's, a, like, a Firefly 10th anniversary one on Saturday. And I, as someone who just recently watched all of Firefly, I'm like, oh, I might want to go to that. But that, at the same time... sounds cool. Yeah, but at the same time, like... I expect that to be like I should get in line once I show up on Friday, probably, <laughs> or Saturday. No, no, Friday. Yeah, get online Friday for Saturday. Yeah. Um, um, wait, no, so that is Saturday. That ten. Oh uh, uh, yeah, that the Firefly one is Saturday at wow. six fifteen. Well, I guess that makes it easier on uh, me to decide whether or not I want to try and make that. Yeah. 
Um, since Jim likes Hallmark, did you see the Hallmark exclusive? No, what is it? Uh, it is a uh, keepsake ornament, of course, uh, and it's based on it, it's Dark Knight Returns. It's a Batman from Dark Knight Returns. Oh, that's it. Yeah, oh. you don't. You're not a fan of that one. I haven't seen it, um, so I no. It's know. it's based on the comic. But he hasn't seen oh, the ornament. Oh, oh, the Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. Oh. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, you know what they and, do have? Uh, those pop Vitalmation figures. Oh, I love those. Yeah, there's gonna be a, a black Black Flash one, like that yeah. that death flash whatever it is oh god where tell me now um booth uh 2936 from fugitive toys they actually uh the the people who put out those those figures actually just put uh i don't know if they just put it out or they just announced uh masters of the universe line Interest. Oh, of those? Cool. Because yeah. I've seen pictures of a He-Man. Right. I didn't know they were doing a line. Speaking of He-Man, somewhere in this exclusive list is a <clears throat> a purple Skeletor power sword letter opener. Oh, yes. It's at the very front of the page. It's like page one, two, or three, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Skeletor one, I, I think, is kind of, you know, kind of lame, but... They actually did a He-Man sword power rope, uh, power sword letter opener um, for <laughs> San Diego Con. That one looks really nice. Uh, and then they did a Castle Grayskull business card holder that oh. also stores the letter opener. That's awesome. It's a it's <laughs> it's gorgeous. Like a little little pricey for me, but. I mean, like, if, if you had the money, like, so cool looking. There's a uh, six-inch exclusive figure at the con, painted in metallic colors. It's of Earthworm Jim. Oh, <laughs> Never awesome. got into Earthworm Jim. Yeah. And Princess, what's her name? Um, hey. Oh, and, yeah, well, He-Man, they're also doing the exclusive sorceress figure. Kind of lame now. It's all white. Oh. Hey, is do we know if Action Lab's going to be at this? Because I just remembered I didn't look that up. I haven't heard... I haven't seen them promote that they're going to be there. Which, I mean, that's not, you know, that indicative because I think they just announced that they were going to be at, like, Wizard Worlds, whatever the last one was, like... You know, a couple of days beforehand. Yeah, so. I I was just at uh, Action Labs website the other day checking to see if there were any um, uh, fracture or um, uh, shoot. Um, what's the other one? Um, double, double jumper? Princess? No, no the 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 one about the multiverse renditions of that one guy. Oh, um, space time space time condominium. Yes, yeah, see if there's any trades of either of those available, and I went ahead and, <laughs> while I was there, checked that out. I didn't see any announcement about New York Comic Con there. Okay. That doesn't mean that the individuals won't be there, like uh, David Walsh or any of the others. Well, 
I know Andrew Charapar will be there. Yeah. Um, and uh, he'll be there with. Uh, oh man. Can't remember his name. Chad Ciccone? Uh Well, no, that's not. That's definitely not who he said he was going to be there with. Is he going to be there? Huh. No, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if he was there, then you would definitely have an action lab presence. A- Avery Butterworth. Oh, awesome! That's yeah. the guy that the, I got all those zombie sketches from. Do you remember those? I think so. Bastard. <laughs> I think I got something from him also. I think they're all on our website. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I got Lauren as Wonder Woman from him yeah on, under gallery Dan's Black Lantern sketches those are all by him I could be wrong oh well whatever he'll be there too yeah he's fantastic um, yeah I you know I mean did you guys go over like the Green Lantern list Oh, yeah. I told Chad I'm going to be stopping by Niaira Fino's table just to tell her she's our favorite Green Lantern creator in history, basically. You going to go by on Friday? Because I'm, I'm coming with you with that one. Okay. I'll go, too. I'll go, too. No, you wait in the car. <laughs> I don't know whose car. You find a car that's open, and you wait in it. <laughs> Actually, I, I'm pretty sure I told her <clears throat> that I think, thought her work was awesome in the past. Yeah, I know so one of you guys has <clears throat> has mentioned it to her before. I know that, but like, I so yeah. I we we need to get her on the show. But like, just in general, I want to stop by and say hi. Yeah. Um, did you know that Carmine Infantino is going to be there, Jim? No. He's like, who's that? I know who that is. Wait, Carmine Infantino. Is there a Green Lantern correlation? Uh, no, not really. Well, kind of. <laughs> You're like, I know who he's the that guy is. Who, created... who is that? <laughs> he's... he's the guy who created Silver Age Flash. The artist. Okay. Well, we were... Dan and I were talking earlier on the show about um, how if there was no Silver Age Flash, there probably wouldn't be a Silver Age Green Lantern if that one did first succeed. Good point. I mean, like, I... It's not like I don't care (laughs) about Carmine Infantino. Such a jerk. (laughs) Um, No, because, like, I I appreciate his contribution to comics in general. But, uh... I mean, he's not one that I, you know, know, really followed that closely. Hmm. Well, you know me, I like the history of comics, so... Yeah, yeah, no, and he's 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 key to the history of comics, absolutely. Um, yeah, like, for you, I would definitely say go try and meet him and shake his hand at least. Yeah. Um, will uh, Neil Adams be there? Yes, he will. We should try and get him on the show. <laughs> well, he'll also, be at, he'll also be at Austin Comic Con as well, so... No, I mean he's he said that he would come on the show. It's just a matter of scheduling it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
So how the hell are we going to find each other on Friday? What like for, how about this? When is everybody planning on showing up to this thing? What time is it open? I don't know. <laughs> Probably <laughs> like ten. Let me see here. I have the ticket right here. Friday, ten to seven. I'll probably get there at ten thirty. Chad, I'll be there ready to go when the door is open. You're like eight forty-five. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the thing with that is that like the line just like coils around the entire building to the point that like you're waiting pretty much if you're at the end of the line, you're waiting about an hour to get into the building just on that line. So by going at 1030, like there's the possibility that I can completely jump the line and sneak in that way. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll be there at nine. Yeah. So I can get in at 10. I'm like three hours away. So I'll probably be. Yeah. No, if you get there at nine, you're not going to get in at 10. Yeah. No, it won't happen. No, you'll, you'll probably get in close to like 10, 15, 10, 30. That's fine with me. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm three hours away or something, so I'll probably be in there by, like, noon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're always late. Oh, shut up. <laughs> and, like, Jim, I... What? Go ahead. I, I told our fans that if they wanted to meet us uh, there, they can use the Twitter page. I've already got the Twitter signed up on my phone to check both LanternCast and my page, so they can at LanternCast or at... Uh, Cage Gnarly or at uh, yours uh, Choanada to get in touch with us. I mean, Dan told me that service inside the Javits Center is basically shit, but you know, if if at all we can meet up with them, they can hit us up on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, and if I'm near Chad, then I'll know also. Yeah. <laughs> and then Jim can find me and tell me, and it'll be great. <laughs> I feel like we should, like, set like a spot like like the cgs booth yeah like me like we should like try and get to the cgs booth at like one and then like just like go from there like whatever like we felt one to do like together like if we want to get lunch or something and then like buzz nia rafino's table record for a couple minutes kind of thing because um, well, trying trying to work that all out the yeah. day of is not gonna work Okay, if we're gonna if we're gonna set it at one, then we should probably go to her table first. Uh, you know, maybe maybe get a few words on tape or whatever, um, and then go to lunch. You know, and then go from there. Okay. Maybe follow up with uh, Murd and a few of the others uh, on tape if we can. Yeah. Just because that'd be just one extra thing to have on the show. Be cool. Works for me. <laughs> and uh, I guess since we're winding out of stuff to talk about um, I dropped a pop topic on, on uh, Dan at the beginning of the episode Jim okay. um, my, my solution for a Justice League movie uh, I know you guys keep <laughs> saying it's I know you guys keep saying it's impossible to do uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths but hear me out end of the Justice League movie let's say that hopefully it's the epic movie they say it's going to be as they're panning out of whatever the last scene it is, fade to credits. As your credits wrap up, go to the after credit scene, which is just a continuation of the pan out that you cut from earlier. However, as you pan out, it's on a screen. And then as you pan out further, there's a bank of screens. And on that bank of screens, you see 
Christopher Nolan's Batman, um, you know, Christopher Reeve's Superman, you know, this, you know, this and that and that and the other from the various movie or television movie universes. And then as you pan out further, a guy sitting in a chair, you never see his face standing next to him, a woman dressed in blue where pan out further, they're in a satellite space, fade to black. I mean, for God's sakes, Marvel already did Thanos. You're telling me we can't do Monitor? Well. Not to mention, everyone's problem with this movie coming out at the same time as, you know, like a Zack Snyder Superman, that kind of stuff, this close to that and this close to Christopher Nolan's Mm. uh, Batman, is that, oh, you know, there's too many different renditions of these same characters in theaters. DC Comics in general has an in-company explanation for different renditions of characters. Why not use it in the movies? No one's saying you have to do Crisis on Infinite Earths exactly. You can just do a storyline that explains the multiverse. Okay, well here's here's, um, the one issue that I think that a lot of movie executives would have with that. Uh, you're, what you're basically saying is that you have this whole Justice League movie, which they're going to want to seem like really large in scope and, you know, amazing action and stuff like that. And then at the very end, you're basically panning out from the scene and you're basically then just looking at other screens like somebody's watching all of these, you know, DC movies, and TV shows you know, on a giant computer monitor. I mean, it's just, it's not, it's not epic. Like, if, if you're going to do something like that, then you basically have to, like, you know, you'd have to have the one, you know, pan out. And, and like, you, it can't, well, first off, it can't be on a screen. Like, it has to be, like, on, like, I don't know, like a floating orb or something like that. And then you'd see next to it other floating orbs, and then you get glimpses of, uh, you know, Nolan's Batman and, you know, Reeves' Superman, and, you know, even possibly the cartoons, whatever. Whatever route you want to go. The old Shazam TV show, whatever. And then you see, uh, you know, the anti-monitor, you know, and, like, he, like, closes his fist, and it's like, you know, they will all be extinguished or something like that. You know, if you want to go that route... Mm -hmm. It, me, it would have to be a lot more epic than just the monitor looking at TV screens. You mean you know? more? You mean uh, more epic than, or the same amount of epic as Thanos smiling? I think. Well, yeah, I think... but he wasn't looking at. He wasn't watching TV. I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying the monarch. That the monarch. I'm not saying that the monitor. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> yeah. I'm not saying that the monitor himself. Well, I mean, yeah, you know what? I actually am saying that the monitor himself is not that epic. He's not that epic a character. If you put the monitor next to Thanos, I mean, it's like night and day. You know, anybody would gravitate towards Thanos more. But what I'm saying is that, you know, to pan out, you know, to a dude in a chair and you don't show his face, and he's watching all the DC movies on this giant multimedia station, you know, it's like, oh, it's, 
some Warner Brothers executive watching all the DC movies. That's what I stayed for the credits for. What if, because I, I suggested this earlier in the pre-gym times. <laughs> what if the, um, the inciting incident for the League coming together in this movie were the arrival of the crime syndicate from whatever Earth they're from? I don't know. The, I don't remember the number anymore. Earth 3. Sure. And then <laughs> they deal with them. And but they're kind of left with the question of like, well, where did they even come from, or how they get here, or whatever. And then you do the pan out thing, and you get that moment of like, of like, shit. There's even more than two universes, and who's this shadowy guy who's overseeing all of it? And then you cut. Um, so it's kind of supported by the story. Yeah, that that would have more weight to it. I also think that if you like when you're panning out you're not going to focus on Nolan's Batman and, and Reeves Superman. What you have to focus on is like your Elseworlds variants of the characters. Like you know actually hire or not. You no know, you wouldn't even hire. You'd have those same actors who played the Justice League you know in alternate version costumes like you know the darkest night green lantern batman character um you know and he's like doing one thing on you know on one screen and you have just like different variations like you know the russian superman and stuff like that where it looks like it's actually you know happening um, one i think people, and then like you know like one screen out of like you know 30 is nolan's batman well, I mean, I think part of the point of this was that all of those existing versions from the movies are kind are treated kind of as other worlds in the cinematic multiverse. You know, like it's not so much right. to, to imply that there's all these kooky new ones out there. It's to kind of show people like like this is just another like like the versions they are familiar with are out there and this is something else, but they're out there. So don't get confused kind of thing. Yeah. And I understand the point of wanting to do that. But what I'm saying is that if you put all of the things that DC has put on the screen, <clears throat> you know, next to each other at, and basically next to each other on a giant TV screen, then it's just going to look like some geeks, you know, rec room. And he's got, you know, all of his, you know, DC DVDs up on the wall. I mean, like, you know, if, by going by that, like, you know, you could have, you could have like, you know, three out of four of the old Batman movies, um, you know, because they all have different Batmans. Yeah, there you go. Um, you can have Christopher Reeves who and you can have Brandon Routh uh, Superman, you know, on screens right next to each other. Um, but unless lion's share of the screens is versions that you haven't seen with alternate versions, then I think it's definitely going to lack the scope and the impact that you would expect that to have with people that don't know what they're trying to show as far as the crisis and the multiverse i don't know i think it would have i think just seeing an on-screen reference 
to things like the Reeve Superman would have a lot more impact than you were giving it credit for. Well, I mean, you mm. also have to keep in mind that, you know, you're talking about infinite Earths. Yeah. Well, like, look, we're not going to get into this argument again from West. Well, no, time. no, no. I'm, I'm just saying that, like, if you're doing a, you know, if you're panning out to show that there's a multiverse, you're not just going to show, like, you know, 20 screens <laughs> of all the DC movies that are out there. Yeah. You're going to show more than that. Yeah, but, like, the ones that, that are, like, the most immediately in view should be the ones that are the most recognizable to the largest amount of people. Otherwise, they're not going to really care. So, like, like as you zoom out of the screen that's been the movie that we've been watching, maybe the ones right around it are, like, the Nolan Batman and the Reeve Superman and, like, uh, the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern and the Flash TV show or whatever. And then, like, beyond them, like, you have, like, the ring beyond them is, like, like Nazi Superman and red sun batman or whatever and yeah, like well, as you like i i kind of think that if you're gonna do something like that and listen like i i guess it's just the way that i am the way that i have had to do things at previous i know that whenever something gets made you have to make it so that the stupidest person that goes to see it will, you know, have a fighting chance at trying to figure out what it all means. Um, like, you know, making things foolproof, basically. You put in so many, you know, so many things that somebody that knows what they're doing would never need to, you know, know this stuff. And and just like that, any comic reader, and, you know, anybody that knows DC Comics would understand what they're going for in a heartbeat. But for, you know, for the lowest common denominator out there, you're basically coming up with, uh, you know, you basically have to, you have to spoon feed them. Like, you have to take the, the entire movie that you just saw where the Justice League is fighting the, you know, the crime syndicate, you know. And as you're panning out from the Justice League, you know, at the end, you know, all of a sudden you pan to, like, another screen, like, right next to him, and it's the crime syndicate appearing back on their planet. And then right next to that, you have, like, you know, reverse gender versions of the Justice League, you know. And, you know, then, you know, what was it, a communist Superman. And then all of a sudden you hear a voice say, it's like, you know, you have this, this amazing Justice League. And on this earth, it's the same Justice League, you know, equally amazing, but the genders are reversed. And on this one, what if Superman... You know, like, basically giving somebody, like, a two-second taste of what actually is that Earth. And then you follow it up, it's like, you know, and unfortunately, they soon will all die. You know, something like that. To, like, to give the significance of what the fuck Crisis is and, you know, what's, you know, like, the, the multiverse itself. Um, I think you're giving the audience too much credit in that you think that by just showing the the DC you know movies on a screen they'll be able to figure out it's like oh well then they all count they all mean something that's not what people are going to think they're going to think it's like you know why is you know how is this guy able to watch all these DVDs at once on one giant TV you know of DC stuff that's already happened 
Yeah, maybe. Huh. That's my that's my uh, take on it. I mean, I think it's possible. I just think you have to, you know, you really have to do it right. But then again, I also think that the, that's probably not a story that you would tackle for like the first like three at least Justice League movies because you wouldn't need to. There's like so many other Justice League stories that are, you know, that you could touch on before that. And and I mean, honestly, if you do that, if you do like three Justice League movies, you know, and then you have a crisis movie, then you could get rid of your entire cast and bring in a whole new cast. (laughs) And like, that's your new Justice League that was created from the new crisis. I like it. (laughs) Because they probably want to... Like with most of these franchises, they want to reboot, uh, re- yeah, reboot, relaunch it, recast it after a trilogy ends anyway. Right. Except Wolverine. <laughs> <clears throat> uh. Okie doke. All right, so that's that. Mm-hmm. So was one of you recording this, or? I was. Haha. <laughs> I was hoping you said no because I have been. <laughs> I have. Cool. So, sweet. Yeah. Close it up, guys. Okay. Uh, if you'd like to contact us, we're at uh, lanterncast at gmail.com. We all have our own individual email accounts. Uh, Jim, Dan, Jason, James, or Chad at lanterncast.com. Uh, we're on Twitter. Uh, just search LanternCast and follow us there. Uh, a couple of exclusive things get posted. I'm keeping up with the page a lot and posting things here and there. So definitely check it out. More happening place as well as that'll be your way to contact us during New York Comic Con. Should you, should you so choose. Now uh, we're available on Facebook. Like us there uh, for Green Lantern news and such. We have a forum. It's available on our website at LanternCast.com. Uh, there as well. You can also download the episodes or, you know, find links to our Twitter and Facebook page uh, or tons of other things. As well as, uh, let's see, uh, we're in- available on iTunes as well. Uh, just search LanternCast and subscribe. And if you have the time, we would definitely appreciate it if you <laughs> left us a review. Uh, that really helps things out, really uh, lets us know that we're doing good by you guys and, uh, you're really enjoying the show, and uh, we'd appreciate it if you let others know if you'd li- if you feel the desire. So go ahead and do that as well. And we're also now available on Stitcher. Sweet. Uh, Damn right. Yeah, last week Jim was like, "Yeah, we're on Stitchum now." I'm like that's not a thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, like like how catch him. God, we're we're not going over this again. <laughs> All right, so is this going up like tomorrow or so, or anything? Yeah, I'll try for that. God. Well, Sweet. I mean, you have to post, you have to upload it. Yeah, Chad. <laughs> I don't know how to edit. We're not editing it. You just said. Like no, we, we got to we gotta, we gotta cut out the beginning parts and add in the intro music and outro music. <laughs> oh, it's fine. And all this gem stuff that we're creating. Listen, now. not a single <laughs> word of the last hour and thirty six minutes should be excised. Well, the beginning stuff before the intro. 
Well, that was great. We were trying to figure out what number it was until we just gave up and didn't number it. By the way, Jim, this is no longer an exclusive episode. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. You don't think Twitter wants an hour and a half? <laughs> So, I'm a dad. Yay! We're going to New York Comic Con, and uh, the Justice League movie would greatly benefit from a multiverse scenario. And Key is making Justice League cars. Yay! Yay! Maybe your son will learn to drive in one of those. (laughs) Probably not. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night.